0: More than 25 health and social service organisations have banded together to call on the government to repeal the country's drug laws, to drop penalties for use and to treat the use of drugs as a health issue. The groups include the New Zealand Medical Association, the Mental Health Foundation, the Public Health Association, among others. Just Speak, a youth advocacy group for criminal justice reform, spearheaded the letter. And Director Tanya zaviski mead joins us on the line now. Good afternoon, Tanya. Good
1: afternoon. Hello, Tania. Look, um, first question from me, please, is just so that people understand and mm. to make it very clear, what we're talking about here and, and reading through some of the details in, in the initial story you you are not actually talking about legalization of drugs as such, a, as far as selling them and that sort of thing goes, are you, or, or are you?
2: No, no, not at all. There's there's quite an important distinction here between, yeah. um, you know, the question of the cannabis legalization referendum last year, which is actually quite a different, um, quite a different. Proposition and what we're talking yeah. about is decriminalisation. So, making sure that people who are, who are using drugs, that, that, that basically that fear of punishment and of kind of criminal penalties doesn't get in the way of them asking for help from their GP, their families, and getting that, that, um, that health based support.
1: Because, Tony, obviously, because you work so much in this field, do I take it, therefore, that a young or an older person, for that matter, anybody that is really mm. struggling with a drug addiction of whatever kind of drug it is? at the mm. moment, is it is it actually fear of possible legal action that stops them seeking help?
2: Yeah, yeah, so it, it absolutely is. I mean, even after the government's small amendments that they made to the law in 2019, 3,000 people were still charged and convicted for low-level drug offences um, in the following year. So there's a really good chance, particularly if you're young and particularly if you're Māori, um, that you, you'll receive those criminal penalties just for using or possessing a, sort of a small amount of the drug for your own usage. Um, and that is what people are afraid of. But even if that risk, you know, for for older people or, or for people um, who who is less likely to have that interaction with police because it's a criminal issue, the stigma and the fear of that is just enough to I think put people off asking for help? You know whether whether that's likely that they'll end up done um, with a police action or not? Because as we all know, mm. you know things that are criminalised they can have a lot of fear, judgment, yeah. and mis- you know you know all of that misunderstanding that goes along with those things which are hidden from from public discussion and the public, um, you know in the public sort of
0: space. Yeah. yeah. So you've called for the repeal of the Misuse of Drugs Act. Could that mm. legislation just not be amended to to um, pick up the shortfall that you're seeing?
2: Yeah, it's actually been amended many, many times since 1975. And, and what is, has what is resulted from that is kind of a Frankenstein piece of legislation that um, sees a lot of contradicting, conflicting things within the one bill, within the mm. one act. Um, and it doesn't really give any cl- enough clarity for all the different people working on the front line, whether it's police officers, whether it's health professionals, addiction support services, schools, um, you know, it gets all of those people trying to make decisions for the you know the people in their care and the people in their communities um, about how to treat how to treat drug usage. Um, so yeah. I, I, it's been reformed to death and it still yeah. hasn't achieved mm. anything so really no. we need to start from first principles with the values and the goals that that you know that fits in modern day new zealand and that's really about getting people the health care that they need trying to avoid drug-related deaths and, and illness um making sure that it's equitable so it's fair outcomes for everyone which we're not seeing at the moment with those criminal charges um, and focusing on the evidence
1: yeah and Tana if the Act was started from scratch again and made more fit for purpose for the 21st century, one of the yeah. things I, I, I would very much imagine is there would also have to be a fairly large increase in the services that were available for people when they were not afraid to go and seek help.
0: Mm.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly right. There, there is a you know obviously one of the other barriers of so people getting help now. Um, in, in addition to the criminalisation question, yeah, is that there just aren't those services and they're not you know they're not specialised enough. They're not available in different areas, different regions enough. Um, you know, that there's a huge need for a significant, um, significantly more resources from the government into those services um, and then put them to kind of have low barriers to access um, and to kind of be able to support support people as they want to. You know, all those mental health and, and addiction specialists, like, are they, they see the need, um, but they just aren't resourced to do it. So more training for, for those for those professionals, um, more services altogether, more local and regional hubs, all of that needs to be a big part of this change.
0: So as it stands now, Tanya, what's likely to happen? Say you've got someone who's addicted to methamphetamine. They want to mm. to get off it. They go to their GP and say, "I'm addicted. I need help. I need some wraparound service to help me through this." What are mm. they going to get from their GP if they do that?
2: Well, it depends a bit on the GP and the person. But um, one, you know, it's possible that that GP might try to refer them to get them on um, on a, a waiting list for. Um, you know, for a service that is provided in the area, one that, you know, isn't a residential service, so it doesn't involve them having to give up, you know, work or educational family commitments over a long period of time. But the wait lists for those are really, really long. And so while that person is waiting, um, the the implications of that usage, you know, if it's really problematic, um, will be, you know, potentially kind of, Escalating, um, but but the problem is also that lots of people just don't get to that point of feeling that they can t- they can raise it with the GP because they're afraid or unsure of what the GP will say or whether that will mm. jeopardise them. Um, and you know, not all GPs. You know, there's a there's, my mum's a GP. Like I have a lot of respect for GPs, but yeah. lots of them are not really equipped to deal with. Um, those complex issues, because of that, again, because of that criminalisation and that stigma, you know, they, sure. you might one person might find that actually their G B gives them really, really bad advice a lot of judgement, a lot of oh, just you know, hard enough and stop taking it. Um, so there needs to be there needs to be kind of really clear advice, I think, for um, you know, for health professionals, and so that so that those barriers just um, don't yeah aren't aren't there.
1: Tony, a last thing. Um, there's a lot of very influential groups involved in this open letter to the Prime Minister and the Health Minister and the Justice Minister, uh, including, mm-hmm. for example, the New Zealand Medical Association, which I think most people wouldn't see as any sort of radical left wing <laughs> organisation yeah. in, any, in any way, shape or form. Uh, obviously, this is an intensely political decision. Ultimately, are you optimistic that it may gain some traction because the situation as far as drug use in this country has, be, has become so bad?
2: Yeah, I am optimistic, and and as you say, it's partly because I think that we've seen a real interesting kind of unlikely coalition of of people um, based on their you know based on for example how um, organisations participated in the referendum debate you know it seems like quite an unlikely coalition but I think it it really shows the strength of conviction across people who see this issue every day on the front line and are thinking about it from a systems perspective like what is the system doing um, about I know getting equity for Maori looking after young people all of those people can agree um, that, that this really, as you say, political hot-button issue, um, mm-hmm. actually there's a really pragmatic and compassionate option here. So, you know, that, that really gives me hope that, we come a long way um, in, in recent years about the comfort that we have as a country um, to talk openly about how to make sure that we treat drug use um, safely and effectively, um, and I and you know that 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 really I think shows that we're we're heading in the right direction. We just need the government, and I was heartened to see the prime minister say on, on television on Monday that she agreed with the letter. Um, so really, it's just you know I guess. For them to kind of put their money where their mouth is, and make this a priority, so that more people can get the help that they need.
0: It's a big challenge, Tanya. But appreciate very much you coming on to chat with us. Have a great afternoon. Thanks very much thanks, indeed, thanks Tanya. For having
1: me. Thank
0: you. Yes. Good that, luck. That is Tanya Savinsky Mead, the director of Just Speak.